So turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 12, from verse 1 to 3. I'm going to be reading from the NIV uh, version of the Bible. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance that the, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3 says, consider him who endure who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. 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 That scripture is such an encouraging scripture. It's poor writing. And this morning I want to talk about staying in the race. Staying in the race. Uh, the year end is approaching. There's only literally days to go. And when we get to this time of the year, one of two things usually happen to us. You either fall on the side where you're those people who find momentum. It's like the year's going to end, right? I need the energy. You're going to power on. You're going to be so excited. So you have strength. You want to finish well. So you go for it at all costs. There are things that you've set out as goals that you wanted to achieve. So you're going to power on until you get there. Or you are on the side of people that's like, the year's ending. I just want to chill out a little bit. I want to take things slow. When 2020 gets here, I'll power up again, you know, let me just take this last couple of days easy. So you fall on one of two sides. You might be in the middle somewhere, but you will lean towards one more than the other. And the same thing happens in our spiritual lives. The same thing happens. Sometimes we start a year and we're so excited. We have so much enthusiasm. And as we go through the end of the year, it's like, God, I'll start again with you next year. You know, I'll find that momentum again with you. January is only around the corner. First of January, God, I'm going to have my quiet time. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. But for the rest of this year, let me just eat my turkey. Right? So you fall on one of those two sides. But this morning, I want to talk about the Christian journey. And I want to talk about this is a race that we can't afford to lose momentum on. It's not one that we can pause and then press the reset button a few weeks later. It's not one that we can say, God, I'll come back to you. We can't afford to be distracted. We have to stay alert. We can't lose focus. And before I share with you, I'm going to share with you a few things that you should be doing to stay in the race. I want to set some context. And the context is this. In this race, for you not to get distracted, first of all, you have to be sure and know the race that you are running in first place. You have to know the race that you are part of. You have to know the race that you are running. You might be running many different races. There are lots of races to run, but you need to be sure that you are running this race, this very crucial race. In the scripture that I read, Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 1, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. God has marked out a race for us, and you need to know that it is that race that you are running, not any other, not a race to chase your career, to chase marriage, to chase anything else. You need to know that you are running this very race. 
And the way that you know that you're running or the way you can know whether you're running the right or the wrong race is when you ask yourself, what am I running for? You have to ask yourself, what am I running for? Am I running for God's glory or am I chasing his reward? Am I running this race for God's glory, to give God glory, to, to bring glory to God's name? Or am I running this race because of the expectation of the rewards that I'm going to get? In my notes, I wrote that if you're running for God's reward, it will lead you to disappointment. Fact. If what you're chasing God for, if the purpose of your race is the things that you can get, it will lead you to disappointment. You have to remember that in this race, Jesus is the crown that we are all chasing. So get that in your mind. That is the very first thing for you to understand. Paul was writing in the book of Timothy and he was talking about his experience in the race. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, he says, Do your best to come to me quickly. In verse 10, it says, for Demas, has loved, uh, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonia. A crescent has gone to Galatia and Titus uh, to Dalmatia. Paul is someone that we all know. If you read the book of Acts chapter 9, you, you read about this guy who found God or who had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And from that moment on, his life was transformed. But in this scripture that I just read, Paul was writing about people that he was serving with, people that they started the journey together, that they embarked on this journey together. And he mentioned a man called Demas. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. This man called Demas. And he said, Demas has abandoned me. He's left me on this journey because he loved the world. My conclusion from that scripture was like, Demas actually didn't know the race that he was running. Because if he knew the race that he was running, he wouldn't have abandoned Paul along the way, right? What these two men were chasing were two very different things. Paul knew what he was going after, but Demas somewhere didn't quite understand that same vision, hence why he left. And I wrote down that perhaps if Demas knew why he was running the race, and he knew the prize and the reward that was waiting at the finish line, he wouldn't have left. He would have stayed the course. You know, if you look into the word, there's very little written about Demas, but in Philemon 24, he was described as a fellow worker to Paul. So that tells me that this man started out strong. You know, when him and Paul and the others who started a journey, they must have started out well. You know, they were fellow workers. They were in it together. And for anyone who knows Paul's character, you know that he didn't do things like he was a little bit extreme, so I can only imagine that Demas was somewhat of the same way. How along this journey, Demas fell off. I wrote down that maybe his expectations didn't quite align to the race that was marked for us. And more and more, I've come to believe that this journey that we are on, or this race, this very race that we are on, is simply for God's glory. It's not about the reward. It's not about what you're going to get. It's not about the promises. It is for God's glory. Those things come as a result of fulfilling the purpose he has created us for. And you risk falling off or you risk falling out of that race when you're chasing recognition for the things that you're doing. 
You're chasing recognition because you're HOD for your department in church. You're chasing recognition for your job that you're doing and you know you won that big contract for the company. When you're chasing those things and that is your goal and that is your objective, you lose focus. And by losing focus, you step out of the race. Isaiah 43 verse 7, I really like the way Good News Bible puts it. It says, they, they are my own people and I created them to bring me glory. God created you and he created me to bring him glory. That is why we are on this race. Similarly, 1 Corinthians 10 31, it says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God created us for his glory. And when you know the race you're running, you're very intentional about how you run that race. So it's one thing to know that you're on this race and you know what this race is. But when you know that race, you're very intentional about how you run it. Can we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 24 to verse 27? 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Again, NIV says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it as to get the crown, uh, the, the crown that will not last, but we, do it to, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Verse 27 says, no, I strike a blow to my body and I make it slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. The ultimate prize that we are running for, it is for God's glory. And you have to know that the reason he created you is to run the race that will bring him that ultimate price. You have to run it with discipline. In verse 20, um, in verse 26, rather, it says, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. So like Paul, if you're running the race, you have to run with purpose. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord because everything we do has to bring him glory. So whether it's your job, it's not just church that has to bring him glory, it's your entire life. So that's why he says, whatever you do, because it's every single aspect of your life has to bring God glory, amen. Are you with me so far? Okay, so earlier I mentioned Demas, uh, the man who was the fellow worker to Paul, who had, de the, um, who had uh, deserted Paul. And I mentioned that not much is written about him, but it's that scripture in Philemon 24 that says he was a fellow worker. So Paul was surrounded um, with people like Demas, he had Luke, he had Mark. They were all serving together. So you can actually say they all had a promising future. They were all chasing after the same thing. And I like to believe that Demas didn't set out to desert Paul. You know, he set out with the, re with the same objective as Paul, arguably, because they were all together, all doing the same thing. But again, somewhere along the journey, this man fell off. And it reminds me of us, right? We start our Christian journey not with the intention of falling off. You know, the day you gave your life to Christ or the day you decided to explore this thing called faith, you didn't set out with the intention of, oh, I'm just going to tap in and tap out when I want to. 
No, you went in it because you were asking God to change your life, to transform you, to make something anew of you. So in the same way that Demis started out with the right intention, some of us started the year with the best of intentions. You know, with that fire ready to burn for Christ, whatever come, whatever may. Somewhere along the line, that passion, that burning desire got a little bit wavy. It might be work that's become a distraction. It might be personal circumstances. So many things that bring us or that push us away and we end up deserting God. So the reality is, like Demis, we can't run the race by ourselves. You know, we need God. We need the grace of God in that journey. It's not something that we can do alone. The Lord said to Zechariah in, um, in Zechariah 4, 6, he said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us. It's not a race that we're going to complete alone. It's not a race that we can run alone. It's not a race that we can say, right, God, I'm going to do it. I don't need you. I've got enough strength to do it. You need God along the way. Psalms 28 verse 8 says, The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for the anointed one. So the Lord is our strength. There is no way we can do this journey, we can complete this race or embark on it at all without God. That said, there are some essential things that we should do. You know, there are some essential things that we should do in this race. We should work out our faith, our salvation with fear and trembling. So there are things that we have to do. Second Peter 1.3 says, God has given us his divine power. He's given us everything we need for a godly life. So I want to share with you things that you should do to stay in the race. Things that you should do to stay in the race. But they're not things that I've written myself. Let's learn from the man who finished the race, Paul, right? Let's learn from him because there are certain things that he did that I think we can apply to our own lives. So we're going to go through those. So if you turn your Bibles again to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to read verse 6 to 8. 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8. It says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought a good fight and I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all, the, all who have longed for his appearing. That scripture is very loaded and it has a couple of things. And if we look at it carefully and dissect it carefully, we can see things that we should do to finish the race. The first thing that you need to do or the first thing that you should be doing is you have to yield fully to God. If you're going to stay in the race, you have to yield fully to God. That scripture that we just read in verse 6, Paul started saying, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and my time of departure is near. Now, the, this is a really significant verse if you understand the context in which Paul is writing. And you have to appreciate the context to understand why I say you have to be fully yielded. Now, Paul is a man that has suffered. He has been imprisoned. He was someone who had been through a lot already. 
Yet when he wrote this verse, he was writing as someone who was convinced that the moment was coming that he was going to die, right? So he, he almost foresaw, he knew that his death was coming, right? And when you know your death is coming, you're not going to be too enthusiastic about it. I don't think anyone is, some people might, but most people won't be. But here was Paul writing, and this man was writing in a way that I can only describe as absolutely calm because of the way that he was speaking about it. He was comparing his blood being shed, almost synonymous, to a drink being poured. Right. So he was saying that scripture again, it says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. So my blood shedding is an offering, is basically, I am a sacrifice, is what he's saying. And you have to be calm to write something like that. That's my own interpretation of it. He was so calm in the way that he's speaking. But not only that, he was also speaking almost like he has won something. He says, I have fought and I have finished. So he's like with pride, like, yes, I've done it. I've fought this fight and I've finished it and I've won the race. So he was speaking in this triumphant language again as someone who was won victoriously. So again, I can only read that what this man was saying is that my death is coming. My blood is about to be shed, but it's to pass me on to glory. In verse A says, there is, a stone, um, there is in store for me a crown of righteousness. So he said, I'm going to die. I fought the fight. I've won it already. But guess what? There's a crown waiting for me. So I've done the race and I'm going to get the prize. He was speaking from a place of assurance. And the only way you can do that is by being yielded to Christ fully. There's no way Paul could have gone through what he went through. There's no way he could have experienced all of that and still wrote with so much calm unless you're yielded to God. Being yielded means you are totally surrendered. This was a man who was totally surrendered, knowing that his blood was going to be shed, but he was okay with it. He was calm about it. So if you're going to stay in the race like Paul, you have to be completely yielded to the will of God. You have to be completely yielded to what God has planned for your life. Amen. Amen. The second thing you have to do is you have to fight to stay in the race. You have to fight. Paul said it in, chapters, in verse 7. He says, I have fought a good fight. So you have to fight. There will be times in this race that you are going to have to fight and you can't be scared of fighting. You have to fight because there's a lot of things that are going to want to distract you, that are going to want to set you off course. So you have to be ready to fight. In Luke chapter 9 verse 62, Jesus was speaking. It says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for, this, for service in the kingdom of God. What can we learn from that scripture? So you might have started the race well, but the minute you fall off, that's it. Your past performances mean nothing, right? So the minute you've fallen off that slope, it, it means nothing at all. Jesus is saying, the minute you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. So that means you have to guard your relationship with God. You have to guard that journey so much so to make sure that you don't fall off. You have to fight for it. Your past service is not a guarantee. In 1 John 2, 9 says, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. 
you know, the intention was right. I'm pretty sure Demas was one of those people in those groups. So he went out with us. He set out with us. But in the end, they didn't belong to us. Why? Because they turned back. Amen? In Ephesians 4, 7, it warns us, it says, do not give the devil a foothold. The minute you entertain, this morning in Sunday school, we're talking about Satan and his ways. The minute you give a foothold at all, the minute you allow him to come in, or you give him a little bit of your mind, a little bit of your time, then that's when you start to fall back. So that's why the Bible warns us, it says, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't let him step in at all. Be on guard, shield your faith, protect yourself along the journey. Remember Demas, he started off well, he started off strong, but somehow he abandoned his fellow workers. Make sure you're not that person who is abandoning others in that journey. Amen. Number three is you have to have absolute confidence in God's plans for you. You have to have absolute confidence in God's plans for you and his ability to deliver you and to preserve you as you go on that journey. Again, the scripture in 2 Timothy, if you read from verse 10 to 14, Paul had explained how his fellow workers had left him. He spoke about Demos who abandoned him. And he spoke about others who had gone to other places. He mentioned a man called Alexandra. And he said Alexandra had done him a great deal of harm. So these were people who had basically done him dirty, if you want to put it that way. Like they had done something and this guy probably had a reason to be upset. But he, he listed out essentially what they'd done wrong. But he went on, and if you read in verse 17 and 18, he says, but the, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. He says, so that through me, the message might come, might be fully proclaimed by all the Gentiles, and all the Gentiles might hear it. I'll read that again. It says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. He went on, he says, and I was delivered from the liar's mouth. Verse 18, he says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This man knew what race it was running. He knew what his purpose was. He knew where he was going. And he went through several trials as we saw. But what was important here is that he recognized that God was going to give him strength. And the bit that was really special to me was where he said, so that through me. Because what this man was saying is, I know I'm going to go through all these things. But I know that it is through me. So he knew God's plans for him. He knew God has a purpose for him. He knew what he needed to fulfill. And so because he had that confidence, he wasn't worried about what was going to come along the way. He said, God stood up by, by my side and gave me strength. He said, God will rescue me from every evil attack. God has not promised us a smooth journey. That is the biggest lie that we can tell ourselves as Christians, right? He's not promised us that. But he has promised that he will stand by our side. And we have to have that confidence as we go on this race. Because it is with that confidence and with that absolute conviction that we stay on course. It is with that that we know to, how to stay in the lane. And we know that God will see us through 
whatever challenges we go through. He was a man that was convinced of God's plans for him and he was confident of that plan also. Amen. Finally, the last thing you have to do is you have to be sure of the prize that is waiting for you. You have to be certain, you have to be convinced of the prize. You have to be able to almost taste the prize that is waiting for you. The scripture that uh, where Paul wrote in verse 8, he was so confident, you know, he didn't say now there might be a crown waiting for me in heaven. He didn't say I might get a crown or God will see how well I've done. He says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. How many of us can be that sure of our salvation that we know that we will sit at the right hand of God? You know, how many of us can be so convinced and so certain of what God has in store for us that we know that we are going to attain that then? I don't think I am, to be perfectly honest. I think I strive day and day to be closer to that, but I can't say with absolute certainty. I might be 99%, but there's always that 1%. You know, but Paul knew with certainty, he had absolute assurance that God had in store for him and he was going to receive that crown. He was certain of it. And in the same way, I really want us to be certain. I want us to embark on the journey ahead, on the chapter ahead of us, not just starting over in 2020 from this very moment to be sure of the prize that is awaiting us and to really focus on staying in this race this race not any other race not the race that you've set for yourself but this race that God has called us to the reason that he has created us this race to bring him glory that we do everything in our power everything by the grace of God to do everything to bring him glory, to spread his gospel, you know, to reach out to the world and to show the world his love, to fulfill that very purpose that he has called us to, which is to bring him glory. I'm going to pause there because of time and I'm just going to ask us to rise on our feet and we're going to pray very briefly. We're going to pray for four things because we want to stay in the race as much as possible. The first thing that I mentioned about Paul was that he, yield, he yielded to God. So you're going to ask for the grace to yield, the grace to be obedient, to totally surrender to God in everything. Because the minute you start to question, the minute you start to doubt, you start to fall off. So you're going to ask God, Lord, release on me the grace to yield i know that i can't do it myself i know that i need you lord lord i want to give everything to you i want to give everything to this race that you have called me to lord that you have marked out for me but to do that lord i need your grace i need you to help me to yield to you father lord help me to yield Help me to surrender everything that I am, everything that I have, Lord. Help me to give it in total surrender to you, Lord. Lord, not to be like Demas, to be distracted by the things of this world, to be chasing the things of this world, Lord. To have one foot in, one foot out. Lord, I want to be totally committed and surrendered to you, Lord. 
Lord, take everything that I am and use it, Lord. Use it for your will, Lord. Use it, Almighty Father, in whatever way that is going to bring you glory. Father, use it. Paul say he fought a good fight. We have to be ready to fight. Say, Father, prepare me for the fight ahead. Give me strength, O Lord, the same way you gave Paul strength. Father, give me strength so that I don't abandon this race halfway through, so that I don't lose momentum, Lord. Give me the strength, mighty Father, Lord, to fight through the challenges, Lord, to fight through the difficult times, Lord, to fight through the temptations, to fight through everything, Lord, that wants to take me away from you, Lord. Lord, give me the strength, mighty Father, Lord. Give me the strength to fight, Jesus. And pray for confidence in God's plans. So you might know God's plans for you, but you're just not confident of it. You might know what God is calling you to, but you're just not confident enough to take that step. So Father, give me the confidence to trust in your plans. Because I know your plans for me are of good and not evil, Lord. Lord, I know that you have created me for a reason. Lord, give me the confidence, Father, to trust in you, to trust in your word, to trust in the revelations of the Holy Spirit, in the direction that you're pointing me to, Lord, in the steps that you want me to take. Lord, give me the boldness, Lord, to trust you, to give everything to you in total surrender, Lord. And finally, you're going to say, Father, like Paul, help me to be certain of my prize. Help me to be certain of the crown that awaits me, Lord. Lord, where there is doubt, even if it's a very small percentage, Lord, I want to be absolutely certain. I want to be absolutely convinced of the crown that awaits me, Lord. so father lord we thank you lord we thank you for your word this morning lord we thank you for the privilege of being called to this very race because we know not everyone has the privilege lord so father we say thank you for calling us thank you for counting us worthy lord to go on this journey father we ask that as a church you prepare us mighty father lord Let us not lose momentum, mighty Father, Lord. Help us to stay in the race, Lord. Lord, for anyone who may have fallen in or out, almighty Father, for for anyone who's fallen off somehow and is seeking and is asking that, Father, I want to be back in the race with you. Father, I ask that you guide them back, Lord. I ask that you speak to their hearts, mighty Father, Lord. In this moment, Father, touch them. Father, help them to understand how they can get back into the race, how they can fall back into the fold, Lord. Lord, as a church, help us to help those who need to be back in the race. Father, help us to keep our eyes on you and the very reason you have called us, Lord. 
Father, give us the strength to fight, Lord. Not to fight of our own ability, mighty Father, but to trust in you, Lord, and to trust in the power that you've given to us and to know that that power will help us to get through it. everything almighty father and more we ask that you take the glory because we know why you have created us so we ask that you take the glory always and forever lord in jesus mighty name we have prayed